0: Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Jean Baresson.
1: I'm Khadija Booth-Watkins.
0: We're two child and adolescent psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Today we're going to talk about how to help build self-esteem in young people. Why does low self-esteem happen? And, and how, how do we build, build our kids back up again? But before we get into our discussion uh, or conversation... Uh, let's take a minute for our own mental health check-in. So how are you feeling this week, Khadijah? And you can talk about the news if you want, or you can just talk about anything you like.
1: I'm going to say I'm a little bit disappointed because I woke up this morning and it was snowing. And I am just thinking that it's almost Easter and it was snowing. The school bus didn't come because it was snowing almost in April. I guess that's New England life, but it was definitely uh, a bit disappointing because I was hoping that we were like approaching spring and the warmth and the sunshine and the outdoors and it's cold outside. I know because I had to take my son to school because the bus didn't come because <laughs> it was snowing. But other than that, I mean, th- these are really champagne problems in the grand scheme of things. Um, things have been really well, just looking forward and patiently waiting spring. How about you? Because I know you garden. What? How was the week for you?
0: Well, I actually uh, welcome that snow today because there's always a late March or April. I mean, we had an April Fool snowstorm. I forget whether it was last year or the year before. Um, So I I expect it. I mean, all of my plants are coming up. Uh, Not all, but some of them are. And um, they don't mind the snow. They're they're resilient. Uh, But... um, uh, I just, uh, what, what's, what's been on my mind most of all was, um, you know, what's happening in, in Ukraine and especially to the kids. Um, and um, what's interesting to me is not just the trauma and the reunification needs that are going to be incredibly difficult, but um, I've heard very little talking about mental health. And um, it's surprising because um, one would hope, and my hope is, is that um, while we're kind of awaiting for these families to be reunited, and I know there will be efforts towards that, I just hope that, that um, uh, the folks who are working with them uh, help the kids with their mental health needs, you know, despite adversity. So that's my wish.
1: Well, it's definitely um, something that has been very uh, loudly, I guess, absent—just the lack of talking about the mental health needs of kids going through such a horrific uh, experience.
0: Yeah, you know, I, you know, I know we're going to be talking about self-esteem, but you know, it's so interesting that—and um, yes, we do need to talk about reunification, and yes, we do need to talk about. You know, basic, you know, human needs—you know, food, water, shelter—but um, uh, adverse childhood experiences, the mental health needs of these kids—you know, even during the process of um, of reunification, which may take a while. I mean, I just hope that that folks pay attention to that, and um, and I've heard almost nothing about it too. So, anyway, enough of that. So let's talk about self-esteem. So we all have periods of self-doubt, even as adults. And young people are no different. So self-esteem, what is it? Um, It's the overall opinion a person has about themselves, about how they perceive their abilities, their worth, their self-confidence, their sense of security. uh, And it can take a hit in certain situations. So... Khadijah, can you explain some of the causes of low self-esteem in, in kids and teens?
1: So you just, we just were talking about the, the war in Ukraine and about um, adverse childhood experiences. And I think we could start there and thinking about the role that these kind of experiences play and, and what they are is really any type of um, potentially traumatic event that occurs in a child's life, whether it's um experiencing violence witnessing violence um you know they could have experienced abuse and neglect uh and and even and which is not talked about much at all you know racism and discrimination is 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 something that is considered an adverse childhood experience and this can have a tremendous impact on um the future as it relates to their ability to develop healthy and stable relationships um their overall health and and stability and just really the ability to be able to take advantage of opportunities so that they can be productive, contributing members of society. So these are really important experiences that kids have. And just because you've had a, an adverse childhood experience, doesn't mean you're destined to a poor future. But it really is more about what we do about it and how we we address them um, in kids. Like you were talking, we were talking about how there's been not mention, not a lot of mention around. What are we doing to support and protect these kids who who are experiencing such a traumatic uh, uh, event in their lives? And and that's going to be really important in terms of what the intervention is, um, the timeliness of the intervention. And so that is one of the big um, things that we think about in terms of that lends to um, or impacts self-esteem.
0: And, you know, in addition to that, I think about... um... Uh, which is an adverse childhood experience, but and f- and folks can go to the CDC webpage and and look at ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, to get more information. Uh, and we have um, some material on on the Clay Center website about that. But there are other societal pressures that are not listed as ACEs. So, for example, what about the impact of, say, um, you know. The Instagram crisis about body image and and, uh, and 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 how girls have been affected by um, social media—it it, it, it becomes an adverse childhood experience. And there are other attacks on identity that are not listed in ACEs, like cyberbullying uh, and um uh and and the misuse of, of of media. And another thing that I'm thinking about, which is kind of a normative experience, and this is something that I think would be helpful for parents is that, you know, when you put a, a toddler together that to, to bed and they don't really kind of um, understand, they don't want to go to bed. Who? What, what, what toddler wants to go to bed? And they're screaming at you and they're yelling at you and there's a party downstairs and, you know, they're missing out. Um, and they just want to, they just hate you. So there's a conflict between love and hate that I'm sure every parent who's listening knows about. And and how is that that conflict resolved? So that conflict basically is an anxiety state that uh, we can think of as guilt, right? And and if you don't resolve it, you kind of live with unresolved guilt. But the way kids resolve this is by having a cuddly object, that, you know, like Linus's blanket, a... Blanket or a teddy bear, which basically is helps them kind of get through it. But more importantly, it's kind of making amends. It's making reparations. It's kissing and making up. It's saying I'm sorry. Uh, And the parent needs to be available to kind of say that's 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 okay. You know, I love you anyway. Uh, I get it. And so that's another. And and when those when a parent doesn't facilitate that for whatever reason. Uh, they may be busy. They may just, you know, not pay attention for one reason or another. Um, then the child lives with with this unresolved guilt, and that can be a source of low self-esteem, which is something that I think is worth thinking about.
1: I think we hear that a lot also in, in families where kids, uh, where parents are, are separated, divorced, and the kids feel guilty about, um, about it. If I would have been a better listener, if I would have gone to bed easier, you know, my parents would still be together. And I think that kind of the 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 emotions that they are trying to reconcile that that maybe that they're angry that their parents are separated but also feeling guilty and sad that they're not together and the struggle that they have to reconcile that in terms of how do they feel both and then being overwhelmed but I think more so taken taken over by the guilt of feeling responsible and so we see a lot of kids in our practice who feel responsible for things that aren't theirs to be responsible for and so really being able to address these things with your kids and going back to what we talk about and we have been talking about as conversations, like ha- talking to them about, you know, how they're feeling and what they're thinking and, and being able to kind of correct these, um, these thoughts, because, you know, as an adult, you can say that the, the, these are irrational thoughts, but for kids, they feel very real. Um, they feel like they're, they're responsible
0: for, for these major changes,
1: um, yeah, which they, is a lot to live with.
0: They blame themselves, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, there's so many things that parents can do to kind of facilitate self esteem maybe we should focus on that um obviously giving them unconditional love and praise um uh and and uh helping kids have an impact on others in their lives I mean I know among my grandchildren uh one of the things my kids are like really good at uh is is focusing on the sibling relationship and helping them be good brothers and sisters, (laughs) you know, kind of like hugging them and praising them and sharing things with them. And, um, uh, you know, which is really good. And another thing that helps improve self-esteem is help by helping them feel confident and competent by learning skills like artistic skills or, you know, reading skills or writing skills or, uh, Dancing, uh, I mean, skill building is a really important part of feeling uh, good about oneself. So are there other things that you can think of, Khadija?
1: There are. And I I, I just wanted to go back to um, linking um, this positive praise and validation and how important it is because if we think about self-esteem, and this really being about feeling competent and confident and feeling that you are worthy and that you have value and you have something to offer. When we think about kids who are, you talked about, you know, cyber bullied, uh, you know, being targeted because of their race or their gender, you know, this is really attacking who they are. And so it flies it directly in the face of what we're trying to encourage around feeling confident and proud. And so I think doing things to really help affirm who your kids are, um, helping them to develop their identity, and helping them to connect to, to peers and adults who, who do the same. Um, and we talk about this a lot as it relates to resilience, but the importance of positive, productive um, connections with peers and, and, and adults who who help to support you and who um, treat you well, and really understanding what that looks like. And, and sometimes, especially for kids who struggle, whether it's because of anxiety or they're just n- are, are not as comfortable in social situations. They might need some help from parents to help facilitate these, these connections, um, but and that, that's really important. And I, and I think another thing in terms of going back to feeling worthy and that you have something to offer is helping them to um, do things that kind of give back or that help to support other people in, in terms of whether it's kind of volunteering within the community Um, whether it is, if they have a, have a skill that they're really good at, helping them to kind of hone that skill and become, uh, masterful at that skill, but helping them to be able to find what it is that they're good at and be, be better at it and, and being able to use some of their gifts to give back to to their community.
0: Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned in terms of, uh, uh, race, ethnicity, culture, gender, um, and I might add, um, LGBTQ plus kids, uh, it, but all kids, uh, is to, it's for the parents. Well, for everyone to help them take pride in their identity. There's, there's a relationship I think, and a close one between, um, positive self-esteem and having a strong positive self of who one is. Uh, it, it's not easy because of all the stuff that kids are seeing on social media and um and you know hearing from other kids but but I think that that um fostering a positive self uh that a kid can take pride in about who they are is important uh, and and if they're feeling weak in certain areas, if they're feeling stress in certain areas to pay attention to that and to help have conversations with the parents about improving that so you know we know that a lot of kids um in the lgbtq community let's say who um don't feel good about themselves i mean there's so much stuff in the media about 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 this that they're that they're being barraged with how parents can help them feel uh good enough and have conversations if they feel weak and address those weaknesses is really, I think, super important.
1: Another, uh, another one is kind of taking a page from the book of the CBT that you love to talk about, but helping them to kind of reframe negative thoughts um, into positive thoughts. Uh, if they have negative thoughts about themselves or negative thoughts about some of their, their abilities, and in a way that is still truthful. Um, so for instance, you know, I hate reading. I'm, I'm no good at reading. I'm never going to be good at reading is a really negative thought that doesn't really provide any hope. Um, and you could reframe that and it, you don't have to make it some sensational um, story with, with bells and whistles and unicorns, but you could reframe it into something simple like reading is really hard for you and and I just have to work a little bit harder to, to be better at it. Um, those kinds of things can be helpful, um, which brings me to the thought of you know, another reason why it is so important, as I think, as I say this, to help build self-esteem in our kids, because it helps them and gives them the permission to be vulnerable enough to ask for help when they need help. And I think that is one of the things that I think we don't talk enough about in terms of um, the role of self-esteem. Like, it's about feeling great and confident and masterful, but also being able to advocate for yourself and to to feel confident enough and comfortable enough to know when you are maybe a little bit out of your depth. And so you need to ask for some backup or some help, which is really uh, an extremely important skill that, you know, so many struggle to, to, to learn even in, into adulthood.
0: And, you know, it's, it's, it's what's interesting about self-esteem is, is that it's just speaking of uh, CBT, which is a uh, cognitive behavior therapy um, your thing. <laughs> is, 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 No, it's this, it's that that, uh, there are plenty of kids who are really good academically, socially, creatively, artistically, and yet their self-image is not in line with their actual competence. So they they feel insecure, they don't feel good about themselves. So there's not a one-to-one correlation, like if you're a really good dancer, if you're a really good actress, if you're a really great... Uh, writer, uh, you know, if you're really great in math, you might have the view that you're just not good enough. And um, this comes up in a lot of different ways. I mean, for some kids, it's because they have anxiety or because they have depression or because they haven't gotten enough validation uh, from adults uh or or um there's so many reasons why they might, but I think it's really important for adults, coaches, teachers, caregivers, who notice that they're insecure and they don't feel great about themselves, even when they are really good um, uh, is to help them develop a better and stronger sense of self-esteem uh, despite their um, negative self-perception. It's not easy. It's not easy.
1: And it has to be and it has to be genuine and, and authentic. You know, like kids are very sensitive to um when we're not when we're not being truthful and, and transparent with them. And and that I think that creates another problem of them kind of feeling mistrustful of adults. So really helping them to Find what they're good at, or or discover maybe discover what they're good at and, and help them kind of gain a sense of mastery and confidence. Because it's not an all or nothing game. It's, it's you could be great at this, but not so great at this. Because um, we can't all be great at everything. And I think that realistic expectation that we have to set for for ourselves and 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 the people around us is is really important. Again, I think it's really important to know how to advocate for yourself and and to to get your needs met and to ask for help when you need help.
0: And you know, uh, one of the things we always talk about um, uh, is having conversations. You mentioned this earlier, but having frequent conversations about how you're feeling, about how you're doing, about what you're good at, about what you need help with, that starts in the preschool years. I mean, even though it may be very, very um, (laughs) fragmented, you know, uh, I'm thinking of my almost Two-year-old granddaughter, and when I when we say to her, "Hey, Casey, how you feeling about dancing?" She'll like like dance around the room, you know, or you know, and then she'll look at her sister and who's drawing something really. Who's like you know, two years older. Um, she'll she'll say, "I know, I know, do that." Well, of course she can't do that. She wants to do that, but having conversations early on. Uh, and to, and and tailoring the conversations to the developmental level of the child, whether it's a preschooler, a school age, a high schooler, uh, or a uh, you know a college age uh, kid, is just so very important to kind of like once you once you're talking with each other, once you're conversing with each other, once you're really looking at things together, um, it makes a huge difference on taking a realistic view of your strengths and weaknesses. And if you do have some weaknesses, then, you know, providing remediation, sometimes professional help for learning dis- dis- disorders, for academic problems, for psychiatric disorders such as anxiety, depression, stress, loneliness, can make a huge difference. And which leads me to say, you know, at some point, if a if a kid is really struggling with low self-esteem, there may be other things that they're not comfortable talking about with you as a parent, and you may want to get a professional evaluation, mental health evaluation, so that they can talk to somebody in confidence and and uh, and, and express what they're really what's really upsetting them.
1: We didn't talk much yet about kids who struggle in school academically, and I think that is if we think about you know, self-esteem, again, going back to how you're feeling about yourself. And if you struggle in school academically, in, in school is where you spend, you know, most of your day for for most of your years. Imagine the impact that would have on your self-esteem. And, and, and when I think about these kids who tend to often struggle before they are identified and, and get help, you know, it's years and years often of you know, struggling, working twice or, or three times as hard as, as everyone else and still not kind of, you know, meeting the bar. It's it's tons of negative feedback and, and redirection and, and you know, I guess reinforcement of, you know, this is not good enough in terms of the, the work. Um, and even we hear, you know, sometimes it being said, whether it's from a caregiver or a teacher that you're not working hard enough or if you just try harder, which is a, a real, to me, a buzzword when I hear that, because at the end of the day, kids want to, do the best that they can and they want to please and they want to do well. And so when I hear a kid underperforming, it it always sends off red flags for me that something else is going on. But if you could imagine years and years and years of just all of this negative feedback, um, how it would really strip away your motivation to really do well, make you feel that you're not good enough, not worthy, and that you don't really have anything to offer. And so, you know, I think this is a, a, another vulnerable group um, who is really, um, at risk of of having low self-esteem and really need we need to be deliberate about this group of kids and making sure that we bolster them and 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 support them. And because I think going back to your point, like there could be a kid who struggles academically but could be a superstar athlete, but still they, they struggle with self-esteem as it relates to their schoolwork. And, and that low self-esteem really can lend to you know significant problems as they as they grow into adulthood.
0: Well I have a great example and that is Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which has both the hyperactive uh, type, the inattentive type, is uh, it's. I've never seen a kid with ADHD who hasn't had a problem with self esteem, especially the ones who. um, uh, Well, let me put it this way: the ones who are hyperactive, who are you know, who interrupt, who blurt and who button the line, who can't control their impulses, who tap at the table. I mean, they're, they can be incredibly annoying. It's not to blame them. They just can't control themselves. And they're constantly, you know, criticized by other kids. Some of the teachers may get really frustrated with them. I mean, these are, these are and, you know, some of these kids with ADHD are extraordinarily bright. It has nothing to do with intelligence. It just has to do with their inability to control their impulsivity. And there are lots of ways of helping that out. And the inattentive ones, the ones that are kind of like withdrawn, uh, they never say anything, they're, they're quiet, um, sometimes they're misunderstood because they don't contribute as much in class they can't focus they can't pay attention so when they're called on they're spaced out and they go and you know they're kind of like looking at the birds out the window uh and then the teacher says like you know Susie aren't you listening well you know I mean it's not as though the teacher's being mean the teacher's just being frustrated so uh, like I said I've never seen a kid with ADHD of one kind or another that doesn't have a problem with self-esteem um it's part of the package, and um, and there are plenty of other learning problems like dyslexia or uh, slow processing speed. We, you know, there's a lot on the Clay Center website about learning disorders, but um, it's one it's one thing that actually is publicly seen by all the kids and teachers, and um, when you feel or are criticized because of your behavior like that. it it has inevitable impact on your, on your self-esteem.
1: So I I guess what parents, caregivers, and other people might want to know is what might you see in a kid who has low self-esteem? So we talked a little bit about, they might be anxious. They might be sad. These kids also might be kids who are easily frustrated or angry. Um, They don't really have sometimes motivation to like, Learn or take risks, whether it's trying new things that they think they might not be successful at, or even risks like you know reaching out to to new peers or or, or groups of friends. Um, these are kids who can also you know be more prone to succumbing to peer pressure because again they don't feel that they can rely on themselves or trust themselves, so they they um, and they want to be liked, and so they they kids succumb to peer pressure, and then they also are kids you know who are more vulnerable to being bullied or teased because again they, they want to fit in and they want to be liked and they want to feel worthy. This is something that we sometimes see in kids who who tend to have low self-esteem. Um, and then they also sometimes are kids who, you know, like, like I said, they don't they don't really have the motivation to try new things or to take these risks. They also will tend to 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 give up quickly or 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 easily um, not follow through because they just are not wanting to have the rejection. And so this, these are just a few things that maybe kids who have uh, low self-esteem might look like. Um they can all they often tend to be hard on themselves as well. Um but I guess if you kind of see some of these things, if if I don't know, Jane, do you can you talk a little bit about like what the, the path would be to um what the path towards change would look like or what that road towards change would look like.
0: Sure. But let me mention one other one. I mean, sometimes kids with low self-esteem will um, take unnecessary risks to kind of like, you know, like go get some alcohol or, or, or get substances or, um, or mouth off at the teacher or do something like really outrageous to get a laugh you know um or to prove that they are like you know you know a hotshot uh and what they're really reacting to is their inner vulnerability and sensitivity and low self-esteem so they'll act in just the opposite way i just wanted to mention that because i've seen i've seen that a fair amount so what's the path to change well you've mentioned a whole bunch of things Khadijah, and that is you know, supporting their strengths, um, having realistic conversations with them, helping them become mindful of their vulnerabilities, their weaknesses, and and you know, um, uh, a number of these issues. And, and there's one other issue that we didn't mention sufficiently, and that is family conflict. You mentioned that the kids might feel blameworthy, but um, parents need to be good role models, you know, and I think, um, remember the kids are watching and if you're having an argument, uh, learn to resolve conflicts, to apologize, to kiss and make up, to show them that something can be done about something to quote my favorite psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. Winnicott, (laughs) who I love to quote. Um, uh, but, but I, I think, I think the other thing is, is that, is that many of these kids, um, can benefit from therapy. They can benefit from having an evaluation, uh, uh, and 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 uh, many of these kids do have problems with anxiety, depression, stress, loneliness, uh, learning disorders, uh, sometimes substance use. And so, a clinical evaluation is often useful. Now, it may it may it may just be a one or two shot thing with some coaching. Uh, to the parents, uh, uh, or parent, or caregiver, uh, or or it may be an ongoing thing, and there's another met. There's another there's another process that really has helped, and this is having uh, peer support and peer counseling. So students against destructive decisions for high school students and active minds for college students, um, and very there's you know, but under supervision of course, but. Just as we've seen in the twelve-step program, uh, peers helping peers under supervision and knowing what to do are often um, easier for some kids to talk to than um, than a mental health professional. Though it doesn't take the place for uh, a clinical evaluation, but if you're worried about your kid, a good mental health evaluation. I would talk to your pediatrician about a good mental health val- evaluation to kind of like help figure out what's going on because not everything is is right there on the surface. So anything else, Khadijah, before we wrap it up?
1: Um, no, <laughs> I just had a thought about, um, I was thinking about as you were talking about what we could do and we talked about at the beginning, like praise your kids, unconditional love and, and um validation and it, I don't know why I just popped into my head like a, a, a scene from a movie where the dad was throwing a tantrum about participation trophies and awards and so I, I guess I was just thinking about and maybe this is now as I say it out loud all unrelated loosely related but I was thinking about as we we're praising and and lavishing our kids with praise making sure that we are being realistic and we don't just praise them for you know everything all the time. And, and definitely depending on your child and what their needs are and what you're working towards, like you might find yourself praising them for things that you may feel like shouldn't, you know, warrant praise, but because you're trying to get to a goal, you are. But, you know, as we're thinking about this kind of in the big picture, you we want to make sure that our kids trust us and trust our, you know, um, our, our assessment and and that we're being sincere. And so if we praise them for everything, then it kind of, doesn't hit the same way. It doesn't fall the same way. So I, I just thought about that as, as you were talking, but now that I say it all together, maybe it doesn't all kind of string together the way it did in my head. So,
0: well, it, it never, it, nothing streams together in anybody's head sometimes, <laughs> but you know, you know, there are a couple things that popped into my head as you were talking. One <laughs> is, is making a contribution. Um, uh, you know, our brains are wired, uh, for giving rather than receiving. In other words, when you give, you release oxytocin, which is that chemical, that special chemical that kind of fosters attachment. And so, you know, like in this day and age, making a contribution to the kids in Ukraine, making a contribution to, you know, an indigent neighbor uh, who needs a meal, making a contribution of any kind can enhance a kid's self-esteem. And in that light, you know, We've had we've had our on the clay Center random acts of kindness in the past. and random acts of kindness make you feel better. you know make you feel better about yourself so that it feels that your actions are doing something important in the world. So uh, uh, we hope this has been a helpful conversation. And to wrap up, Khadijah, what's something you're looking forward to over the next week? or so.
1: I am looking forward to seeing some of my uh, very, very dear friends in a place that is warm and sunny. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, And just really being able to kind of reconnect and recharge. Uh, I know it's only March, but the winters up here are long. And so it's going to be nice to be able to kind of just kind of regroup. Um, So I'm really looking forward to that. How about you?
0: Well, I'm looking forward to my garden. Uh,
1: Your snowy garden?
0: Well, my snowy garden right now is like, you know, just the beginning. I mean, I've got thousands of square feet of of gardens, which take a lot of time and energy and effort. Um, But um, uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, every year is different. You know, you never know what's going to come up. You never know what's going to be lost. You never know what's going to pop up someplace else. Um, and I'm also looking forward to seeing, you know, I planted last year, I planted about, I don't know, two or 3,000 square feet of wildflower gardens in, in the back. Most of them were for pollinators, you know, for butterflies, hummingbirds, and bees. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what's going to be coming up Uh, because in gardening you never know (laughs) you never know Um, so thanks everybody we hope that our conversation helps you have yours I'm Gene Bresson
1: I'm Bishop with Watkins we'll see you next time
0: esteem today we're going to be shifting to how talking how fish can how do you, how mental you health? choose the fish
1: that's right for you and your child in your home i was thinking that that would be a great topic i had a beta fish that lived for like 12 years Ugh. we thought it was like magical like we couldn't are bowl. you sure it wouldn't. it wouldn't die i know maybe my mom just kept replacing it who knows i'm thinking that's probably what happened but i wasn't gonna say it but since you said it first